Well, hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. I'd like to introduce you to our family life pastor and today's host, Carrie Jones. Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding Our Way. It's a Southridge member podcast. Today I have the opportunity to chat with the host of this podcast and our lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. So welcome back, Jeff, and Happy New Year. Awesome, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me this time. Uh, looking forward to being the being the <laughs> responder, not the question asker for a change. <laughs> exactly. It's always good to turn the tables every once in a while. Well, let's let's start with a bit of a check-in. How are things going for you as we kick off this new year? Um, I mean, how real time do you want to get? Uh, yeah. It's it's Christmas was short. I'll just start there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for for church workers especially and and for leaders listening like if you did christmas eve services and then whether you had something on december 26th or not if you're right back at it for january 2nd uh it it's really difficult to imagine taking much of that week off even though that's probably the week that you need off you know the most in the year so uh you know from from that perspective it's it's still kind of cranking through i'm i'm sort of grasping at how can i how can i carve out a few extra days this this holiday season especially for people listening outside of the niagara region our our high school and our elementary school systems uh they only shut down uh for christmas break right at like the 23rd 24th and so this now is actually the start of week two of the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. But I know for most people, they're already back, you know, kind of in, in the regular groove because they took the week off before. And then the second week was like the week of, of uh, you know, yeah. just after Christmas. And uh, yeah, for us, it's, it's a little bit delayed. So my kids are all still at home and it's <laughs> wild there. Um, anything else you want to tell us about what's going on uh, with your family these days? Well, everybody's home, which is which has become a big deal. I mean, you would know this because you have kids that have moved away for school. This fall, our oldest uh, started college. And so it was the first time that you were really kind of feeling that, that I'll be home for Christmas kind of longing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I uh, can really sympathize with with Becky, and uh, especially for moms. Although I was feeling it as well, the 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 desire to have all of all of the mother hens chicks all together again, and so we were experiencing that and enjoying that, and trying to carve out, you know, family dinners and 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 family events while the kids are catching up with all their friends and whatever. But uh, yeah, everyone's home, and that's kind of probably the the new thing family wise. Sure. Oh, that's great. Well, before we get into, you know, the the main topic that I, I want to chat with you today about really this new year, give us a bit of an update on how the pandemic is treating you on a personal level. Oh, probably terribly. Mm. Um, if, if I was <laughs> full disclosure, I, I, I mean, I'm sure like many, we, we thought that you know, by the summer, we were kind of heading into more of a finish line, uh, especially with vaccination, regardless of what sort of side of the fence you're on personally with regards to vaccination. I think you, 
you sort of expected it to be the finish line. And now it feels like, you know, with the, with this newest variant that we're back almost at a starting point again, I know that we're not, but it, it certainly feels like that. And mm-hmm. with a whole nother round of restrictions and protocols and, and the biggest one, obviously right now being the, uh, the, the, the self-isolating requirements if you're a close contact. Yeah. So it's not even if you happen to get COVID, but it's, it's if you have a friend of a friend who, you know, it, yeah. it, it really is trying to slow down everybody right now. And uh, so, yeah, that's just uh, frustrating is probably the best, the best word. It, mm-hmm. it even I, I felt this and I know you, you, you and I have talked about this privately in, in even some of our leadership team conversations, like just what is supposed to be such a celebratory and, and high energy finish to the year mm. in the Christmas celebrations and then kind of the, the year end, you know, it's just been wrought with confusion and yeah, discernment and how to navigate. And it's just, it's not supposed to feel that way. So we'll get through it, but it's not, it's, it, it isn't a lot of fun right now. Sure. Sure. I think, yeah, as we start the new year, I think all of us are feeling a level of weariness. We didn't even know was possible right after this many months in. So yeah, you sort of, you ran the marathon and now you realized you're at a whole nother starting line. So totally. Yeah, totally. Well, listen, as our church is launching into, into a new year, I want, I want to talk about what that um, means for us and kind of what you're thinking. And so, yeah, I guess I'm curious on a couple of levels, what are you thinking as we launch into a new year and, and what are you, and what is our leadership sensing um, as God's vision for this next season? Yeah, I mean, back in the fall, I, I think the word that most people were trying to recapture was the word momentum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you're from the States or across Canada, you know, de- depending on the, the timing of when you were able to first kind of reopen in person your services and your various programs and things you know, there's been this sense that we're like relaunching churches. We're, we're, we're almost church planting again of, of, of sorts. And, you know, for, for us as Southridge, that really started in July. And when it comes to our, our weekend service, our large group gathering, not that that's everything about our, our, our community's uh, engagement, but just from that perspective, you know, we had the the watch parties in July, and then we uh, kind of evolved or upgraded to the crude in-person services in August. And then we were able to experience fuller in-person services starting in September. But even those were still, you know, at a physical distancing and a masking. And so there were still real, you know, restricted uh, aspects to it. And I, I think we've just been hoping to, like, continue building momentum where, like I said earlier... Mm-hmm not only have those levels of restriction not expanded, but we've actually at some level regressed uh, with this new variant. And so it's just like, wow, what is it going to take to actually relaunch this thing? At the same time, you know, when you're asking what we're, what we're sensing, I, I feel like what was, what was hard about the fall was that we were generally able to relaunch programs, but I'm not sure we were fully able to recapture the discipleship of those programs. 
Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've talked internally so often that as church leaders, you can spend a lot of your time on maintaining the programs of your church. And when you're not maintaining the programs of your church, you're you're managing problems really related to maintaining the programs of your church. But every once in a while, you have to recalibrate to ask whether you're actually making spiritual progress mm-hmm. in the people who are participating in these various programs. Are you making progress or are you just kind of propagating the hamster wheel of maintaining programs and managing problems relating to those programs. And so for the fall, so much of our attention unapologetically was just getting those programs now relaunched, getting our weekend services, you know, more fully reopened, getting our family ministry relaunched, getting our, our, our small groups relaunched, getting our anchor causes and the, the in-person programming there relaunched. But all of these exist to ultimately we, we say foster a lifestyle of full devotion. It's about the lifestyle that people are living, not the programs that they're participating in. And so, you know, this, this program momentum was meant to trigger or stimulate lifestyle momentum, but I'm not sure we actually got there. And so now we're asking questions of, oh, what's it going to take to get there, to actually reclaim hmm. the, the personal discipleship of stimulating the following of Jesus and the life transformation person by person that these programs seek to foster. So I feel like that's kind of where we're at big picture. Yeah, that's uh, obviously, I, I mean, I, I love that, that the idea of reclaiming that discipleship and, and really focusing on um, a lifestyle. And I guess what I'm wondering is like, what are you hoping will happen as a result of us making that focus? Like, how do you want to see as different, you know, six months from now as a church, a year from now as a church, like what's, what's the result that you would love to see happen? Yeah, I think personally, what I'm hoping in this next season is that all of us, first of all, can, can recalibrate our perspective on what the ultimate outcome that Jesus is interested in actually is, right? Mm -hmm. And not mistake, I know that church leaders listening, we we can fall into this trap so often where we can mistake the means to the end from the end. The means to the end is not delivering great programs. Those are outputs, not outcomes, right? The outcomes are the spiritual transformation and life change that that these programs are fostering in people. And so I, I guess first things first, I want us all as a, as a community to reclarify that we are all about life change. Then I guess what I would be encouraging each of us to do with that is to focus on personally, like what's our piece in that? And, mm-hmm. you, you know, one of the things we've been talking about in our kind of leadership team, our, our retreat setting is, are people actually in this relaunched version of our church, are people actually being pastored mm-hmm. or are they just being invited to participate in these, in these programs? Is there a life on life relationship? Is there a life on life conversation? And is that life on life conversation through the crucible of a relationship actually focusing on the, like, where are you at with Jesus? What is God looking to change in you? What are you learning about who Jesus is? And how is he 
calling you or, or desiring you to become more like him in this season? What are you doing to expose yourself to more of the transforming work of Christ? Like all of those like life on life discipleship questions and conversations. I'm actually hoping that every single one of us can engage in, in the various ministry environments where we find ourselves, because at the end of the day, we can, we can, as pastors, we can raise our game and, and re-clarify our objectives in pastoring people, but we're built on a theology and then a, a strategy and a system of a priesthood of all believers. All mm. of us are intended to be pastors, all of us who are youth leaders, all of us who are in small groups with one another, all of us in our context who are engaging in our anchor causes. We're to be pastors with one another and the people that we're that we're serving and, and serving with. And so I'm hoping that, that, that we can reclaim not just that clarity about spiritual progress and the ultimate outcomes, but uh, about the mode of pastoring that gets us there so that all of us can engage not just in the participation or in the propagation of these programs, but the pastoring life on life that they, that they seek to deliver. And, and I feel like as a result of that, we'll have reclaimed the main thing, that we'll actually be a people through a bunch of programs and through a discipleship system, we'll be a people who are growing in Christ and in our followership and likeness of Christ together. Because that's what a church is. A church is a community of people fostering this lifestyle of full devotion to Jesus so that personally and together as a family, we can incarnate and reveal the nature, the character of Jesus in the part of the world where God's placed us to a greater degree. That's what it, this is all about Jesus, not about relaunching programs. And I want us through those successive steps to be able to make that, that clarification. Yeah, that's a really good clarity to provide as we're, as we're starting, you know, launching a new year. And I love that phrase, the, the life on life, um, you know, the idea of pastoring one another and growing together and focusing on Jesus, especially because that's what we're all craving so much right now. And that's what screens can't provide for us is that life on life connection. So that's, that's beautiful. Well, essentially, I mean, you preached on this yesterday. Um, and so for those who haven't heard that message yet, you're going to want to hear that, that message for sure. Why did that message matter so much? And what are you hoping we take away from it? Yeah, without re-preaching, uh, I'll encourage everyone to to go to our, our church website and you can access the message under our messages tab or go to our online service. And if you don't want to experience the whole service, you can just fast forward to the, the message. But uh, I, I guess at the end, end, end of the day, Carrie, like, I mean, I've already shared even in my own life, I'm desperate for this year to be new. <laughs> I, I, a year ago, at the beginning of 2021, I think we all felt like, wow, we're coming out of the pandemic. This could actually be a, a new year from the pandemic year that was 2020. And in reality, we probably spent more time in lockdown and restrictions this past year than we did the year before. Mm -hmm. So we're at the point where we're desperate for this year to be new. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the future and experiencing newness in Christ, Jesus doesn't really ask whether the circumstances are going to be new. Jesus invites 
us to be new. And, you know, for so many of us who are so starving and, and, and desperate to experience a new reality this year, I, I actually don't know how many of us have spent that much time or are that focused or passionate about the ways in which Jesus wants to make us new. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, that's what the talk was about, differentiating our desire to experience a new year and Jesus' desire to transform us into new people, new creations, and ultimately hoping hoping that we would gain a, a clarity around that, that we would differentiate the, the difference between newness in our external circumstances versus newness in our hearts and our head and our habits through the work of Christ. And then I guess number two, just to engage in the, the courage or the faith to respond to Jesus' invitation and, and give him the opportunity to do that in new ways that maybe we've never experienced before. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Love that. Okay. Well, you, you've alluded to um, the, the challenges of a new year and how that's going to require something of us. I guess as we talk about embracing change and focusing on Jesus and how Jesus wants us to grow, what does that take and what does that look like individually at a practical level? Yeah, pro- probably two things. Like, I think first of all, and this is cliche and, and, and very theoretical, but real at the same time, like it, it takes faith. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by faith is a trust in the person and the nature of Jesus that he actually loves us enough, no matter who we are, or what we've done, that the way of life he offers for all of us actually has our best interests in mind. Mm. Like it takes faith because, and we talked about this at Southridge at, at Christmas, like the, the way in which he wants to take, for those outside of Southridge, our Christmas theme was an upside down Christmas. And so the language we were using was, you know, the, the Jesus wants to take our upside down lives in our upside down world and flip them upside down again through a very upside down way. And, you know, we need to appreciate that the the way of Jesus is fundamentally countercultural. It's a, a dying to ourselves so that he can live his life in and through us. And so many of us and, and myself included are so afraid of that. Hmm. We're so afraid to, to die to our control, to die to our calendared our priorities, to die to our stability, to die to our comforts, to die to our possessions, to die to our reputation, to die to our privileges, to die to our, you know, our, our, our status, to die to our, our, our habits and, and Hmm. to really believe that dying to those things actually allows us to live, that we gain by giving ourselves away, that when we confess sin and 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 mistakes and own them that we actually experience a grace that drowns out and nullifies our guilt and shame you know that when we seek to make amends through difficult relationships and try to resolve conflict we can experience forgiveness and freedom and restoration and that that there actually is a better quality of life out the other end of dying to yourself through the Jesus way. We, we need, first of all, faith to believe that. 
Hmm. And it sounds basic, but we need we need faith to believe that, to just trust Jesus enough that we'll take him at his word in order to then respond. And then I would say at a, at a practical level, it takes a response that will open ourselves up, not just to his transforming work, but I would say that opens ourselves up in new ways. Because, you know, for so many of us, we expect Jesus to do remarkable transforming things by continuing to live status quo lives. Right. And, and the truth is, you know, we've said many times in our context that it's the definition of insanity, really, that does the same thing again and again, but expects different results. Mm-hmm. We're only going to experience the newness of Jesus' transforming work insofar as we are going to allow him into our lives through new engagements, whether those are participating in new programs or developing new relationships with people or engaging in new conversations in those new relationships or, you know, whatever else. We're going to read new books. We're going to expose ourselves to new authors. We're going to get new supports. We're going to you know, try a, a mentor or a spiritual director or a therapist in a way that we never have before. We're going we're gonna to try new levels of confession and encouragement and accountability with our spiritual friends. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the question is, what new, what new ways are we going to practically open ourselves up to Jesus so that he can do new things in us so that we can actually die to ourselves and live in new ways in order to experience a new year. That's the way we experience the inside out work of Christ who makes all things new so that 2022 can actually be new. That's how you make this new year new. Hmm. That's amazing. Okay. I love this. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, Jeff, we were talking about church programs and how there was such a temptation, especially in, in this past year, as we were, you know, gathering together in person, there was such a focus on getting the programs up and running. And sometimes it's easy to focus on, like you said, maintaining the programs or, or managing problems. And we get sidetracked from the actual lifestyle that Jesus is inviting us into. And yet the programs, you know, we need them. They do matter. They have a role. And so I guess if you could just speak to like, what role do you see our church programs play, our church programs playing when it comes to supporting and stimulating that journey of new spiritual growth? Yeah, certainly. And I've said already, our programs have a responsibility to reclaim the ultimate focus on that ultimate outcome so that we're not just propagating programs and propagating the participation in those programs, but they actually serve as a means to that greater end. And so that's on the programs and on the leaders and the departments who run those programs themselves to make sure that we're doing that, that we're taking people who participate in these programs to that place of transformation. But Presuming that they they do, you know, then it's on us to fully engage in those programs. And in the same way that, you know, colleges and universities design their growth and transformational processes educationally around large group lectures, small group seminars, and practical co-op work terms, 
that's very much like our inspiration, connection, and action dynamics of our weekend services and our life groups and our anchor causes here at Southridge that many other churches have patterned after in, in somewhat similar ways. And so, you know, as participants, as Southridge members, and as others from other churches who are listening, like, I would want to challenge us to more fully engage in those programs where, you know, especially during the pandemic, they've become optional or, you know, we've kind of treated, even with regards to our Sunday gatherings, we've treated the in-person and online as similar options. And I just, I guess part of me just wants to clarify that these are not apples and apples. Hmm. Even during the Christmas holiday, that was what was so frustrating with this, you know, navigating this new var- variant of COVID that now we're back to offering kind of a, an in-person, but also an off online version and allowing people to choose. And we got to appreciate that the online version of our weekend service is not the same. It doesn't accomplish any of the transformational objectives outside of providing the content that being gathered in person, life on life with other people and sharing in that groundswell of an encouragement and accountability seek to provide. And so you know, there, there's there's one side of this equation that is on the church and the 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 system of the programs to deliver the end goal of life on life discipleship, but it also requires lives to engage fully in them. Yeah. To show up at life group and engage in that conversation fully, not just think I'm showing up at life group to check the boxes of uh, going through the discussion questions based on Sunday sermon. No, I'm actually going to enter into where other people are at and what the next steps we all ought to take are to become more like Jesus, to follow him more fully and experience his his transforming work in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you were talking earlier about um, all of us making spiritual progress, um, whether we're in kids ministry, student ministry, life groups, anchor causes, like I just imagine the kind of of culture where we're all just naturally intuitively asking those questions about how are you trusting Jesus more how are you dying to yourself how are you opening yourself up to to live a more fully devoted lifestyle and so yeah that's that's beautiful well i know you well enough to know that you don't see this as all work and so i know there's there's excitement in this new year as well and so what excites you the most about this coming year yeah, I hope you're hearing already like a an energy and passion that I have around this because as frustrated as I am that we've been yet to more fully relaunch, what I'm excited about is that as we relaunch, we're relaunching more clearly. And as you just said, Carrie, like I, I think that for most people, <laughs> they're not part of a church let alone embarking on a life of faith just because they need more things to do, just, just because they, they, they're bored and they want to get out of the house and experience some programs. No, they, they actually want to encounter the, the saving love and the transforming life of Jesus. And they believe that by participating as and participating with and participating in a local faith community, that they're going to experience that to a greater degree. So I'm excited about seeing that happen again and, and really happen to, to new levels. I, I feel like hmm. as we reopen, as, as we can get life on life more, and as the leaders in the various programs are clearer, 
on our ultimate objective of making spiritual progress in a way that's stimulating the kind of conversations and the kind of supports and the kind of encouragements and opportunities to expose ourselves to God in new ways so that he can do new work in our hearts and our lives. Um, you know, I, I think that this can be a more transformational season than we've ever experienced before. Maybe because we got lulled just into perpetuating the momentum uh, or even just the maintenance of the programs associated with the church. I think in that relaunched uh, place, you can kind of recalibrate from the truest center and, and do that again. So, you know, when you talk about this not being all work, like, I'm looking forward to being together again to greater degrees. I'm looking forward to being able to worship without physical distancing restrictions and without masks and being able to just soak in the gift in each other. I'm looking forward to our our first vision night or our first spotlight service where we can come together as a whole community across all of our locations and finally imagine who God wants us to be together around that Jesus-centeredness of, hey, this is all about fostering a lifestyle of full devotion to Jesus and through these programs and through these practices, opening up our hearts to his transforming love and work to a greater degree. I mean, that's what anybody wants in their, their, their faith and followership of Jesus. That's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I mean, you've touched on really all, all of the opportunities that are ahead for us this year. Is there anything, uh, anything else that you'd want to add to that that list that you just gave us? I mean, that was pretty all encompassing. But I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything when when people are hearing this, wondering like what opportunities lie ahead for them as they engage. Yeah, the only thing that I would say to church leaders listening and to those of us at at Southridge who track with this podcast is to not just hunger to get back to the same old. Mm. You know, there's been kind of language out in society that says, hey, 2022 is a long way away from 2019. There's no such thing as reclaiming pre-pandemic life. You're going to have to find a new normal. And I guess my encouragement and and really my challenge to everybody would be in the new normal of faith, embrace new levels of newness with Jesus. Hmm. Jesus came to earth to make all things new. He invites us into a way of life where we can become new creations. And this isn't like a incremental salt and peppering of a little bit of spirituality on top of our regular lives. No, he wants to do like a, take us down to the studs, overhaul, you know, an entirely new operating system of how we live. And I guess my challenge would be don't hold back. Mm. Embrace the new. We've been given a new season and a new year and hopefully some new realities to establish a new normal. Let's embrace the new because like I said before, Jesus doesn't really care if our year is new. He cares if we as people are new. That's why he came to earth at Christmas. That's why he lived and taught and ultimately died and rose again, was to make his spirit available so that he could invade our lives and transform us from the inside out to make us new, to make our communities new, to make the essence of Jesus new, for a watching world to experience a life that is new in Christ. Let's embrace the new so that this new year is actually new. Mm, yes. 
Amazing. Well, as we as we wrap up today, are there any final encouragements or challenges um, to those who are listening, our members, our leaders, when it comes to embracing um, the new in Christ this year, when it comes to becoming new? Just, to put, just to put your leader's feet to the fire to make sure that the new year is actually new. And at a personal level, to ask what Jesus is inviting you into as a next step of centering your life around him to a greater degree and allowing him to, to transform your heart, head, and habits into his likeness uh, in a new way this year. Amazing. Well, this this conversation is obviously incredibly timely at, at this stage of where we're at with the pandemic and especially as we launch into a brand new year. And so, um, yeah, thanks for, for sharing um, not just your heart, but, but the heart of our, our leadership with those who are listening today. Um, personally, I'm really excited about where we're going and, and love the, the invitation that you're inviting us into as we kick off a new year. So thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Carrie. And thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we will see you next week as we continue to find our way together. Take care, everyone. Bye.